Hello and welcome to episode 14 of your monthly Leader Breeder podcast with myself and your host, Aidan Jeffrey. Leader Breeder podcast is a leadership podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your leadership voice in order to deliver greater value in your life, career, ministry, and business. In today's episode, leaders disrupt in order to accelerate. We want to focus on technological disruption, how technology will disrupt the way in which we do life and how technology is actually busy disrupting the way in which we do life and what we can do about it. I wrote a book called The Exponential Church a while back, and I want to encourage you to get a copy of that book if you can. If you want to read it, it's a short read, but it'll be very interesting in certain ways of getting you to understand how technology is disrupting the church, how technology is disrupting our lives, the economy in so many ways. And it's not something to fear. It's something to look forward to. It's something to be excited about if you understand it. And so I want to say to you today that if you're a leader that doesn't understand disruption, you are not going to accelerate. You are going to either be taken over by the digital tsunami that is heading our way, that's already busy enveloping so many people. And like I said again, nothing to be afraid of, something to be excited about. So let's get straight into this month's episode, episode 14, Leaders Disrupt in order to accelerate and get ready to be blessed. Episode 14, Leaders Disrupt in Order to Accelerate. Did you know that Jesus was one of the greatest disruptors the earth has ever known? Luke chapter 12, verse 49, the Bible says, Jesus speaking in the message translation, he says, I've come to start a fire on this earth. How I wish it were blazing right now. I've come to change everything, turn everything right side up. How I long for it to be finished. Do you think I came to smooth things over and make everything nice? Not so. I've come to disrupt and confront. From now on, when you find five in a house, it'll be three against two and two against three, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against bride and bride against mother-in-law. Now we know Jesus is speaking in context of his ministry and of the fact that he was going to become the sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb of God to take away the sins of humanity. But his whole ministry, his whole message was one of disruption. The Jews at the time that were under the law of Moses, they hated everything about Jesus' message. Yet, if it wasn't for Jesus' disruption and Jesus' persistence in his message and not backing off or shying away at Gethsemane when he had to go to Calvary, he had to go through the battle of continuing to see his purpose through. And sometimes that's what disruption does. You bring something to the market or you want to introduce something to the market. And initially, sometimes the market is resistant to it or the church is resistant to it, to change. Because as Heraclitus said, the only constant in life is change. And I want to say to you as well today that don't to disrupt just for the sake of disrupting, but we have to disrupt in order to accelerate, to improve lives, to employ more people, and then to move along with what is changing? And one of the big things that is changing right now is technology. As I said earlier, I wrote a book called The Exponential Church, and you can go and find that on the domain theexponentialchurch.com or search for it on Amazon online, the Kindle version of the book, or you can order a physical copy as well. And I, I don't want to sell you a book, but if you want to get a little bit more understanding with regards to what technological disruption is all about, I would encourage you to get a copy of it. And when you speak about technological disruption, I spoke about the digital tsunami, which is, as we know, the tsunamis that came a while back that has really disrupted the planet. 
It's when the earth has an earthquake and there's a vault in the air or a tear in the earth and the water fills in, water draws back on the beach, on the coastline. And initially people didn't understand it and they walked out thinking it was a great low tide and yet what was coming on the horizon was this massive big wave that was going to push everything out the way that was in front of it. And that's what technology is busy doing in so many sectors. Now, technology is not going to replace everything on the earth, that's impossible, but it's going to play a massive role in disrupting the way in which we do business. One of the subtitles of the book that I wrote, The Exponential Church, it's why technology will disrupt the way Christians do church and what to do about it. And I know, initially when I speak to my colleagues or I speak to people about it, everybody's gives you that little fake smile, but that little gentle smile thinking, oh, that's great. But I've seen it. And I want to take you through a few things in this episode just to get you a little bit of understanding as to what is this technological disruption. And you've heard me mention before that I read a book called The Exponential Organization or Exponential Organizations by Salim Ismail, and I can encourage you to get a copy of it if you are an avid reader. And I looked at what this man had to say initially, and I, in 2018 when I read the book, I thought it's a great book to read. And it wasn't really going to affect my life. And then came COVID and we all were faced with locking down, lockdown in our houses. And suddenly that book became so much more prevalent to me. In this book, he speaks about, and I bring this across into the church because that's where I find myself in my life as being a pastor. And how do we adapt these things in the church? How do we, instead of just replacing everything and saying the physical church is going to disappear and it's now all technology and everything's, no, not at all. But I can tell you it's going to play a massive role in disrupting the way that a new generation, a young generation that are at school, the youth, the students of today, how they will consume Jesus, how they will understand Jesus, how they will be exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we are ignorant and naive in our thinking as leaders, the current generation that has the baton in their hands, we're going to be fools if we think that everything is going to remain the same. You can go back to when they first introduced music into the church and first introduced just an organ or a piano or later on a guitar. Today we have lights and smoke and all kinds of things because the methods change, but the message stays the same. And so it is with disruption. So not everybody is maybe a disruptive thinker or a disruptive personality in their ways. And I don't say you have to be a certain personality type, but it's important to understand that disruption is part of the way in which we accelerate, the way we move forward, because sometimes things can become stagnant, mundane, remain the same. And it's important for us to understand when it comes to disruption. Now, if I look at the exponential church, the word exponential, and you look at exponential versus linear, the word exponential means a doubling of. So it's an of an increase becoming more and more rapid. That's what exponential is. It's a doubling of versus linear is one, two, three, four. So if I say to you, take 30 linear steps, in other words, one step after the other, and you walk in a row, it's going to be from here to, what, 30 meters away. Let's assume your step is a meter long. So we're talking about approximately 30 steps. But if I say to you take 30 exponential steps, meaning one becomes two, becomes four, becomes eight, becomes 16, what I'm saying is that's a doubling of every time. When you do that 30 times, as in with 30 linear steps, but if you do it in an exponential form, the answer is 26 times around the planet. And we can't even get our brain around that really because it's a doubling of. So if you have a look at compound interest, it works on the same principle of a doubling of all the time. It's only in the last you know, months of the compound account that the greatest growth comes if you don't touch that exponential account at all. And so it is with exponential organizations. And so it is with the exponential church. 
You know, what will the church look like five years from now? What will it look like 10 years from now? Will we even recognize the church that, that we understood when I got saved in 1992? There weren't even cell phones. There weren't mobile phones. There wasn't the internet. And if I just look at the way we do church now, how it's changed, and we go, this is what we do. But we've all we've had to adapt and we've, had to, we've evolved as we've gone along. So my question is not, as I said earlier, I'm not disrupting for the sake of just disrupting, but if we don't disrupt, we can't accelerate, we can't grow, we can't move forward because things change all the time. And here's the other side of it, the coin. If you don't disrupt or if you don't innovate or if you don't change, someone else will, and eventually you'll end up losing good people or good members or good clients or good business simply because you refuse to change. So when you look at exponential, I always say that exponential is about reach and linear is about growth. In other words, growth is in a physical location. So in other words, let's talk church context. You have growth where people drive in their vehicles to your location. They sit on your seats and they listen to the message and they go home. And that's how people grow the church physically with people attending the church. But reaching the world out there outside of the four walls of your church, that's disruption. And even now, one of the battles that so many men of God have and women of God have is this concept of online church. People start, I'm not going to come to church that often now because I can watch online and I still feel I'm connected to the church. And we look at just the delivery services in South Africa, in particular Uber Eats and Mr. Delivery and all the things, delivering food, disruptive products and markets. But it's people are using it more and more. And if we don't wake up to that reality, it's going to be like the digital tsunami. It's going to knock you off your feet as opposed to rather just going with the wave. So exponential, if you talk about exponential church or exponential growth, and I'm speaking to business owners that are even in your career, you might not be a business owner, but you might be heading up a department or even working for an organization. It's important that you start to think out the box with regards to disruption and saying, if I don't disrupt my industry or if somebody had to disrupt our industry, what it'll look like? How will it affect your income? How will it affect your sustainability? Because if somebody else is taking the initiative and disrupting the market through technology and it's working and people are buying into that that platform or the way in which they're offering the technology, it's going to end up costing you money and eventually you're going to end up losing clientele, can't pay your bills and we know the story from there. But exponential is about a doubling of, is about managing abundance while linear is about managing scarcity. So what do I mean by that? If you look at any online platform these days, people have 10 million, 20 million, 140 million followers, or they have 20 million or 30 million or 7 billion views on a music video, or they have whatever. You, If you look at exponentially, if you look at a doubling off, you can grow a lot bigger on a technological platform than you can actually house 140 million people or customers in your physical business. And that's what the difference between linear versus exponentially about managing abundance versus managing scarcity. Think about days gone by when information was scarce. And so in other words, if you wanted to learn something, you had to drive to a library and then go and sit in a building that had a whole lot of books on shelves and you'd order a book or take a book out and sit and page through it, take it home, bring it back in five days time. So the library managed scarcity. Information was scarce. You couldn't just Google something and then just find out the solution or the answer to your question. But today, people are managing abundance. Google is about managing abundance. There is an abundance of information on Google, and you just you just Google it. It's now it's a verb. Google is actually a legal word now. It's in the dictionary, and it's a verb. So the difference is that before the libraries were out there doing their thing, people were writing books, putting encyclopedias of days gone by, putting things into books, and everyone just accepted that as the way that life was. And the minute 
they digitized information, the libraries are under pressure. And today, how many libraries do you know that you can go to today? Very few, if there are any even that are left. Think about Netflix. It's digitizing your movie streaming um, platforms. Days gone by of blockbuster videos. They used to manage scarcity videos or DVDs were scarce in a building. And then they streamed or started digitizing movies and it closed blockbusters down. You can go through the list. Kodak cameras, physical cameras, take your spool in to have it developed. 24 photographs, 12 photographs, whatever. Now, photographs are, you know, innumerable. You can have 5 million photographs and just delete them or keep them or store them in the cloud. And once you start to digitize something, you start to disrupt. And so when it comes to understanding managing abundance versus managing scarcity, you must understand that technology is going to disrupt. Think about the church. People would drive to a church service to listen to a pastor. And if you didn't get into the service to listen to the pastor for that week, you'd miss out. And the tape cassette would take two weeks or three weeks to produce. And that's the next time you caught up with it. Or you had Christian television, which was available on a limited scale. So, you know, it was scarce. Now today, you just click online and you watch 10,000 sermons and whatever. So it's a combination of understanding managing exponentially is managing abundance versus managing scarcity in the four walls of the confines of a building. Now, it doesn't mean to say the four walls of a building are wrong or is going to do away with. Take Amazon, for example, digital books versus bookstores around the world. Bookstores around the world are still very much prevalent, but many of them have scaled down and many of them have got online platforms, digital books, ebooks, etc., etc. So it's an addition to, and sometimes it'll close something down completely. Other times it'll just add value to it or it'll work side by side to it. But know this, that it will disrupt in some shape, form or size. Just to be ignorant or to be naive or to ignore it, is gonna, you're going to ignore it at your own peril. So I often share the Nokia Navtex story because I was in the cellular industry about how Nokia was the largest cell phone company on the planet. I actually went there on a all expenses paid trip in the 90s when I won a, well, early 2000s when I won the, the Dealership of the Year Award when I was still in business. And I went to Nokia and saw this incredibly magnificent head office in Finland, Helsinki, went skiing and just was taken on this incredible tour. And just to think that a few years after that, when Steve Jobs who launched the Apple iPhone, the difference was he digitized the Apple iPhone. In other words, he put it onto the internet. iOS stands for Internet Operating System versus Nokia used to run on their own Symbian software and it was limited to to scarce you had to come into my store give me the phone i plugged it into my computer upgraded your latest software where now just phone reminds you while you're sleeping now even at night you can set it upgrades your latest software on the internet it's abundantly available and this is what technology does it disrupts because it's about managing abundance versus physical brick and mortar is about managing scarcity now again like i say you're always going to need the two but you must understand the difference and so nokia never saw the need to change their product lines into digital cell phones. They just stayed on their Symbian software. And so what Steve Jobs was, he was a disruptor. Elon Musk is a disruptor in the automobile industry with electric vehicles. And you'll have many opinions. People have 25 opinions. This will never take, it takes too long. It will never come to our country. We, all these things, it'll take 10, 15 years in our country. And what research shows is that once a product is digitized or industry or a market sector is digitized, it takes about five to seven years to disrupt that industry. So take the church, for example, COVID was three years ago, and maybe four more years from now, you'll see the true effect of the digitization of the church, because we had to digitize the church when we were shut down. 
we had to suddenly start to stream online with court of God, many pastors falling over their feet. Sadly, many pastors closing down or having to shut down, never to reopen. Other pastors who were already in the digital space thrived because they're right time, right place. They were a little bit ahead of the curve. They disrupted their own world earlier. And so they thrived in that market. And it just depends where you found yourself. Now, again, like I say, it's not to say it's all doom and gloom. And if you haven't digitized fully yet, you're going to shut down or you're going to be closed down. Not at all. What I'm saying to you is that leaders that disrupt will accelerate because remember that when it comes to technology, it's about managing abundance and not scarcity. So when we have a look at the three markets or the three economies that were on the earth in the last hundred years, you can start to see a picture of how what I'm speaking about disrupting technological disruption, how it has affected the market. The early 1900s, when Henry Ford invented the first motor vehicle and uh, you know the airplanes, the Wright brothers invented the first airplanes, and you had the emergence then of the Industrial Revolution, which was trains, planes, automobiles. It was roads, infrastructures. People could travel further. People could start to buy land further out from where they were. It also started the trend towards urbanization. People started to move towards cities, and motor cars were becoming more prevalent. People wanted to make traveling easier. Think about the horse and cart industry right now, the stagecoaches and all those movies we used to watch when we were old, those Western movies. When Henry Ford invented the first car, no one cared about what was happening to the horse and cart industry. They just shut down. In a few years, it was non-extinct because the motor car was the new thing and it was disruptive. So if you have a look at the three economies from in the last hundred years, the first one was the production economy, which is which people produce goods and Eventually was the Industrial Revolution, which was industry. People would go to factories. Henry Ford introduced the production line to speed up the production of cars, et cetera, et cetera. And today we still have large, huge production lines. If you look at Tesla, for example, it's got the gigafactories, these massive factories that produce Teslas on these production lines. A lot of it is AI, or artificial intelligence, or it's automated. It's still with human components. But it's a lot different to what Henry Ford did when he first invented the Model T Ford car. And then what happened was as time went by, it started moving to this digital space where the internet was introduced and it went into what is known as the consumer economy. 1980, you started to see the emergence of the consumer economy. And so we started to see all these things emerge and eventually in 2015 or up till 2015, it was very prevalent. We saw the, the dot-com crash in 2000 and followed then again by the re-emergence of the technology industry and we started to see all the consumer economy and we started to see that the consumer became king. All the focus became on the customer. The customer was right. And the malls started to emerge. People started to go shopping. Instead of going to town, they went to malls. And we saw this whole emergence of the consumer economy. We started to see online shopping start to emerge, which now is becoming more and more prevalent. In our country, for example, take a lot around the world. Amazon, Tencent in China, all these major online stores. It became the consumer economy. But then from 2015 on until current, we started to see the shift happen then to move to the third economy called the creator economy. And we are currently in that economy. And so leaders have to create, leaders have to disrupt, and leaders have to start thinking outside the box in order to create content because whereas feet used to be the way in which people used to access success in the old economy or in the production economy, it's now eyeballs on screens. And so we start to see that it's important that you understand the reason that people you have to get eyeballs onto people's screens in order to have your business found, have your church found, have your content, have your services, have them found. And what are we doing in order to position ourselves in order to 
get into this digital space where we are starting to move into the creative economy. Now, I know many people think that's crazy. There's no substance to just a video. There's nothing tangible because we are used to doing business or doing life the way we always were used to it. And again, I don't say it's doing away with the physical, but it's adding to the physical. And in some cases, it'll be totally like the video industry or the DVD industry, blockbusters, it totally was obliterated and it's now streaming 99% or physical movie houses, but streaming killed the DVD industry. So you might find, like I said, it's either obliteration or it's just partnership with. And so when it comes to understanding these economies, I say to people as well, to members of the church, I say to them, you must get your business online. You must get through creative content. You must start creating video content in order for people to find you because it's a creative economy. And this young generation, are they are online all the time. They're digitally they're born into digitization. That's all they know. And so I, as we talk a little bit around this concept of digital disruption in this episode, I want to look at the six Ds to acceleration. It's called the six digital Ds to acceleration because leaders disrupt in order to accelerate. So if we have a look at these six Ds, and we're going to focus on that in this episode to give you a little bit of an insight, and I'm actually most likely going to disrupt a bit of your thinking in this episode as well. And I don't say this is the alpha and the mega, this is the beginning and the end, but I say think about a few things. Maybe one nugget will drop in your spirit and you can start to move in that direction. But the first thing is to digitize. The first D is D for digitize. When you digitize something, you start to disrupt something. And like I said, Elon Musk has now digitized the automobile industry, so he's disrupted that industry. And many people in the physical combustion engine game space, they say, no, this will never affect us because that's exactly what happens. The immune system kicks in or the expert syndrome kicks in. I know what I'm doing. I've built this for 35 years like this, and I respect that. But I'm saying to you as well that it doesn't matter how much we hold on to what is old. Digitization and technology is going to disrupt. So the first D is the D for digitize. You have to digitize something to start to disrupt it. Lawyers, doctors, it's not to say you can't operate on a person digitally per se, but you can digitize access to the place or information about the the operation a person wants to have, et cetera, et cetera. You have to digitize yourself in order to be found. The second thing is it goes into what is known as deceptive growth. Now, what is deceptive growth? Deceptive growth is it's a doubling off. Remember, ex- exponential, it's a doubling off. It's not linear. It's compounding all the time. So it goes into what is known as deceptive growth. And through deceptive growth, people get caught of God. That's the tsunami I speak of. It's the deception of the water draws back, looks like it's low tide. Let's go wallow out there in the distance and play a little bit in the shallow waters. But what's coming is this wave of disruption. And that's what happens when people don't wake up like a Nokia wakes up to the fact that Apple has digitized telephony, but they thought, no, it's just another opposition to us. But it wasn't. It was a disruptor. And then the third thing, it goes into what is known as disruption, which is now five to seven years, and it actually disrupts your industry. It knocks you off your feet, and it goes, wow, I didn't know that. It was totally, it knocked me for a six. I didn't really realize that it had knocked me off my feet. And many industries, again, like we've used a few examples. Did you know that the inventor, the founder of the digital camera worked for Kodak, and when he presented it to Kodak to say, this is what he believes the future looks like, they said, what's a gimmick? Who's going to use that? They couldn't see past their linear physical world. And five to seven years after Steve Jobs launched the Apple iPhone, and when they eventually included the digital camera into the iPhone, it shut Kodak down. They filed for bankruptcy and was a $12 billion company and eventually ended up going bankrupt. And then the fourth thing is dematerialize. 
Dematerialization is actually very fascinating when you actually study it out and just apply your mind logically and to think about everything that is on your phone right now that's an application or an app that once was a physical product because of technology, because digitalization has disrupted those industries. Think about your torch, your GPS, your books, your Bible, your weather app, your camera, the list is on on scanners, notes, audible, your audiobooks, your recorders, your this it's on and on. And think for a moment that all those products are just that I've just mentioned right now, they were all once had to be produced in a factory. But because they are now able to be created into applications on a digital scale, there's no more need for those physical products. And so you dematerialize the need for those physical things in those industries either reduce their sales or they totally obliterate those sales. Those companies close down, those factories close down, those people lose their jobs. Why? Because there's no need for them anymore because digitization has disrupted it. And then obviously, which goes on to that number five is demonetize. You then start to demonetize those industries, like I just mentioned, because there's no need to physically make them anymore or else they are now available online. For example, a popular one in our country is Uber, which you demonetize the taxi industry because in days gone by, you had to order a taxi or pre-book a taxi. It was a very difficult thing. A private company, a private taxi company in countries abroad in the UK or America, they, the taxis are much more prevalent. But in South Africa, we didn't have a very huge taxi industry with regards to just here and there. But I'm speaking about just going from, from your house to somewhere else. There's a large taxi industry in our country with regards to moving our workforce around the country. But I'm speaking about just the normal taxi, like the yellow cabs you'd see in America or the little black cabs you'd see in the UK. And Uber came along and digitized transport and disrupted the whole industry. Think about Airbnb, hotels, you can go through the list. There's so many of them that have disrupted Netflix, which I mentioned earlier, disrupted the DVD industry and Kodak. And the list continues. And more and more of them will come. And the question is, you know, how will digitization affect your current industry going forward? Think about accounting right now. You can be an accountant, studied all those years, but somebody you know, offers you a service in a foreign country. A debit is a debit, a credit is a credit. It's the same in every country. One is one and two is two around the world. So somebody can do your books for you much cheaper than maybe you can do locally or not even maybe just do it cheaper, but just offer a, a more convenient service. Cloud accounting, a lot of companies don't want to move out of the physical old ways of doing things and the cloud software that's available for accounting disrupts and so the, it continues and you can apply your mind in every industry deliveries of food the supermarkets haven't shut down but they've added to their delivery service this product of delivery and it's disrupting and in some cases it's going to move into having to create warehouses where just the delivery of the, the order of food can be kept there so as not to disrupt the supermarket itself and as people become creative and as they apply their minds the point I'm trying to make is that no matter which way you look at it and you can try and protect it or justify it or try and avoid it but technology is busy disrupting and it's going to keep disrupting how much it disrupts is going to be dependent upon the speed at which that industry takes up that service and might affect your industry so it's digitized number one deceptive growth number two disruption number three four is de dematerialized five is demonetized and six is democratized and by democratize the instant access of information at the push of a button to the world. Recently, I was listening to Twitter, which Elon Musk is the African businessman, the richest guy in the world at the moment. He launched Twitter Spaces, which is a new service he's launched on his platform that he bought over Twitter. And recently, he 
launched the governor of Florida was running for Ron DeSantis. He was running for the presidential can- campaign and he launched his run for the presidency on Twitter. And he used one sat in his place and they sat in their place and he spoke to almost close to a million people, I believe. I think they said it was the largest online announcement or gathering of somebody in the history of the internet. So again, I say, what about it? We could have heard it later on, uh, two days, three days later. I'm speaking about the disruption of technology. Recently, they also fired a very prominent person who on Fox News in America, they fired somebody for being too radical or whatever their views were. And everyone said, this is crazy. How can they fire this guy? Those that love him, those that hate him, there's always two camps. And he's now announced recently that he's now going to launch that same show. I think it was a 30-minute show every day he had on Fox News. And it had a viewership, I think, of something like a million people at a time or whatever. When he went onto Twitter and he said, I'm going to announce that I'm now going to produce that same show, but privately, not connected to Fox News. I'm going to do it privately. I'm going to do it on Twitter. And he's launching his own show which is going to perhaps have the same content or whatever it is but he's using a platform like twitter and on his announcement he had something like six million people watch that video now he was only getting a million or the network was getting a million views on his program which costing them hundreds of thousands of dollars to produce he's going to sit in a little studio in his house gather the content whatever it produced that content for a fraction of the price and have six times or ten times the amount of viewership So you'll start to see even television, even mainline television networks are going to start to become challenged because the ease of access towards technology digitalization is going to disrupt the way people even watch television and series and et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to say this or that because it depends. It just depends what industry you're in. And the point I'm trying to make is that leaders disrupt in order to accelerate. So you're either going to disrupt or you're going to be disrupted. It just depends which side of the, the coin you're sitting on. And so that's why I really want to challenge you in this episode and be a bit of a disruptive episode for you to really challenge your thinking. Because if you don't start to think like this, you're just going, it's not going to affect me. Ask Kodak, ask Nokia, ask Nokia eventually went into, they thought after not seeing the curveball of Steve Jobs and the digital digitalization of telephony through the iPhone, they then said, we think the next big thing now is GPS. And then they went on and they said, we are gonna we think GPS is the next big thing. And they bought I think the Navtech Towers cost them $8 billion, and that's a physical thing. You had to buy a Garmin GPS, and then you had to go and upgrade it in your shop and things like that, and you had to wait for them to. It was a physical linear product, which was driven by these physical towers. And then three young guys were sitting in Israel, launched a, a product called Waze, which we all use, and digitized the GPS. And within three or four years after buying Navtech, Nokia filed for bankruptcy a second time. And I say all this not to make a doom and gloom, to say that your future is going to be disrupted or your future is going to be shut down or your future is going to go under or people criticize technology and say it's of the devil and it's all these bad things on technology and i say sure i say just because people use petrol to burn down houses doesn't mean that petrol is a bad thing but if people use it for wrong it actually can be used for the good and so you have to think out the box and so that's really my encouragement to you this month is that leaders that disrupt will accelerate and eventually you'll ride that wave instead of being knocked over by that wave you'll ride that wave and so you have to understand there's so much more i can share on this go and get a copy of the book exponential church and just start to read it there's a whole lot of things i speak in the book also about how do you transform yourself into an exponential church or into an exponential organization and number one is you have to start with transforming the leadership the person at the top has to see it 
in order for the change to come. If not, you're going to be knocking yourself against the ceiling all the time. And then you have to transform the organization on the edges and not at the core. And by that, I don't now throw the, the baby out with the bathwater. Just chip away and transform things on the edges and then start to see where the public are biting at your product and service and start to maybe Tarzan approach little by little, grab hold of the one branch or hold on to the branch you've got now, grab hold of the new branch, swing across, and then as you go into more stable digital space, you can see if you're going to, how much of your company should you move across there or how much additional resource should you allocate to it in order to build a digital platform. But you must have a digital vision, a digital plan to add some form of digitization to your organization. Otherwise, you will be disrupted. And then also, there's the scale acronym, how to scale externally. In other words, how to take your company and grow it from the four walls of your organization into the future. And there's we use the scale acronym, which is staff on demand. I'll mention them quickly. Go read the book. You can get more detail. Staff on demand, the S, crowd and community, the C, A for algorithms, L for leverage of assets, and E for engagement. And all those I explain in the book how you can what they actually mean and what it means, how to grow your reach, how to get more customers, sign people up, do business outside the four walls of your company. And then also, how do you control the internal organization? How do you manage to, in the four walls, how do you manage this external growth? Because remember, exponential is about managing abundance and linear is about managing scarcity. And there we use the ideas acronym, which is I for interfaces, D for dashboards, E for experimentation, A for autonomy, and S for social technology. So I say this in conclusion this month for this episode in saying that there's a lot of stuff that I can share and there's more stuff. There's also nine attributes to an exo. There's many things I share in the book that I got from the book Exponential Organizations, which I mentioned earlier. And I then simplified it for the church world and simplified it in the way in which I understood it for my own world. And we've done this in our own church here in Cape Town. We've digitized much of the church. We've gone over to interfaces, which is interface is something that most people need to understand and uh, which they don't understand. People have all the information on Google Sheets and emails and WhatsApps and all these things. But interface is a central communication platform that everybody can access simultaneously at the push of a button. And all the content is available 24-7 on a centralized system. So I can go in to my world in Cape Town, for example, and I can look at I can go back to this, I can go back to that. My staff, the members of the church, many of them, most of the top leadership and volunteers have been transitioned onto the interface that we use. And all of our follow-ups, for example, all of our new members orientations, all of our stuff is placed on this interface and it's there for everybody to be able to see that information we want to make available. But it's not some guy leaves the organization, now everything goes on their laptop or where's your stuff now? It's in a Google Sheet file or in a Google Doc or somewhere like that. And I don't criticize those technologies. I just say there are ways in which things are moving into a, a much more easier and convenient space. And then, of course, the cost is coming down. The entry into market days gone by were very expensive. I actually saw an article or listened to an interview recently of Elon Musk where he said that Tesla – you might think I'm favoring Tesla all the time or favoring Elon Musk. I don't. I just follow his journey into business because I enjoy disruption. I enjoy, I'm a futurist. I enjoy looking over the hill. And he was saying recently that a Tesla is now the cheapest entry-level car in America above combustion engine cars. Now, you might be going, that's never going to work in South Africa. We don't even have electricity. True. It's not going to stop the fact that disruption will continue coming. You can now solar your house. You can now plug your car into your driveway at night instead of having to use petrol 
or gasoline and you can charge your car and if you use solar and you can shift and transition yourself into that space, you never have to use petrol again. And these are all these variables and options you have to consider. But let me tell you, it's not as if it's going to happen. It's busy happening and it's going to disrupt the markets that are affecting us all. And as much as what load shedding is frustrating in our country, as much as what there are so many ways in which we can criticize, we have to create and we have to bring solutions to the market. And that's why God's spirit is in you. Because in the beginning, God created and God placed in you his creative force. So my encouragement to you in closing is to say to you, don't allow the stumbling blocks, the negativity, the frustrations of your today to blind you into not seeing what's lying ahead. Because disruption is inevitable. Change is inevitable. And don't be caught off guard. Don't become a tragedy or a statistic because the stories of Nokia or Kodak or whatever it is, blockbusters and all these places, simply because they were just proud or they were naive or they thought this is not going to affect me five to seven years they say it affects the market and so i said to pastors listening to this as well today is don't allow yourself just to camp and to go physical church is the only way we do church sure i'm very pro the physical church i live off the physical church i preach in the physical church i am the greatest supporter of the physical church but at the same token people are opting to watch church online people are watching opting to do bible school at home and not come to a building and sit in a building for a whole year, they can do it online. Can we offer that? Can we simplify that? We have to shift our minds. We have to offer various digital solutions to our members in order to disciple them more effectively and more efficiently. So we can't just be stuck in the old ways of doing things of years gone by. We have to keep reinventing ourselves. And this takes disruption. So I don't say you have to suddenly change who you are. But I say to you today, that don't allow yourself to be caught of God. Take time. Listen to this podcast again. Get a copy of the book, The Exponential Church. Read The Exponential Organization's book. Watch video content online. Subscribe to YouTube channels that can help you to understand. And keep learning because leaders are readers and readers are learners and learners are earners. And I say that to you again to encourage your faith, to encourage your journey. Don't fight technology. It's not going to go away because we disagree or agree. Don't over-spiritualize everything. Some things are just practical. Jesus spat in mud and he rubbed it on a blind guy's eyes and he healed him. So it was just practical. It was just certain practical things Jesus did. Not everything was spiritual. Paul the Apostle, they did practical things as well as uh, spiritual things. So don't over-spiritualize technology. Don't fight it. Don't look for a demon under every bush. Let's put Christian content on TikTok and let's disrupt. Let's let people that are in the world unsaved discover Jesus Christ through your creativity. Get busy. Get busy creating content. And I say this to you as well because it's the new economy. It's the new creative economy. There's young people sitting in our churches that are earning much more money than me. And they've worked much less years than me. But because they have access to managing abundance through their creativity, they're earning more money. And that's going to become the trend going forward. So don't fight it. Just celebrate it and ask God to give you wisdom. If you lack wisdom, ask. But also, seek, knock, and ask. Read a good book. Subscribe to a good seminar and watch what God is going to do. Hey, listen, so awesome to be able to be with you this month for this uh, episode 14. Incredible time I've had with you. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for always being so diligent in investing in yourself. If you found value in this episode today, then share it with your world. Help somebody else. It's free. Help somebody else to gain a bit of insight and to challenge yourself to go forward so i only pray the best for you in this month that lies ahead may you not stand still may you move forward and as disruption is going to keep coming to your world may god give you a disruptive idea may god give you 
wisdom beyond your years. May you see things while you sleep at night. May you recognize things before they come to disrupt your company. May you start to ask questions that might be uncomfortable, but that will take you on a whole new trajectory of your business and save you millions of rands or dollars or whatever it might be. And at the end of the day, you're going to see God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask of things. So have an awesome week, awesome month. And I can't wait to be with you next month as we're going to spend some awesome time together again. So have a blessed month. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Leader Breeder. Make sure to subscribe to the channel to catch the next episode every month.